You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to On the Way. This is Beth White, your host this morning for the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleships uh, radio podcast, uh, YouTube channel show. So today we're going to continue our conversation, our theme of what is a culture of evangelization? What are the eight areas a parish has? And each month we have been talking about the different areas of a culture of evangelization, um, hospitality, prayer, the different components that make up what reflect that culture. And this month um, of December, we're focused on the last, number eight, which is mission. And so today, I really want to talk about what we mean by mission. So the church, I'm going to quote the document, the church community knows and is known by its neighbors, meaning your parish matters in that community. You are known by the neighbors, and you know who's in your community. Missionary disciples are sent from our worship to introduce others to Jesus, giving each person an opportunity to encounter him for themselves through our words and actions, and the church community accompanies God's people, bringing witness to his transformative love and justice to our communities. And so the idea here is that a parish is a part of a larger community. They are known by their neighbors, and that our parishioners go outward into sort of the marketplace, as it were, and they share the good news through their actions and the way in which they engage with those around them so that that love and justice to build the kingdom of God occurs in our communities. So today, we are going to first talk to Joyce Deriga, and she is the editor for Chicago Catholic, and she has the great privilege of going and meeting a lot of missionary disciples in our world and interviewing them. And then the second half of the show, we're going to talk from two lay leaders from Teresa of Avila here in Lincoln Park neighborhood about how their parish um, really activates this sense of going outward. So good morning, Joyce. Welcome to On the Way. Good morning, Beth. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, I know that uh, you've been on our show before, and we've talked about, uh, I think last time we talked about Augustus Tolton. Um, but today, we really just want to talk— One of my ta- favorite topics. Exactly. Yes. So we really want to talk today about this sense of mission. So uh, I thought of Joyce, because you do get to go. Your stories are so beautiful, all these b- amazing people you get to meet. So I thought maybe you could just share some stories with our listeners um, about some of those folks that go out on mission. 
Yeah, I was telling Beth well, you, a little bit before the show, like this is, it's one of my favorite things about my job and why I do what I do, because we get to really meet everybody who's, or meet, not everybody, it's impossible, but <laughs> meet people who, you know, who are on the ground, like living out their faith. And it's always so inspiring. So I was talking about, um, if anybody wants to go to Chicago Catholic website, you can get some inspiration on this if you go to our photo gallery. So that just will highlight a lot of the stories that we did recently. And I was just brainstorming going through that. And like the first one that came up in from this most recent issue, that's an example, are the um, men and women that make up the God Squad, which is a um, loosely formed group of people who uh, put up the nativity scene at Daly Plaza every year. Hopefully everybody's been in the nativity scene and has seen it. It's right south of the Chris Kindle market in Daly Plaza. It's a big scene. And a lot of these um, folks work in the trades, electricians, carpenters, um, but they come out every Saturday after Thanksgiving and put it up. And then they come out every Saturday after Christmas and take it down. And, you know, this, why we did a story this year was because we've covered it several times, but because they're looking to raise some money to, repair and uh, restore the scene because it's kind of weathered. But this is just this group of, you know, people who don't wear their faith on their sleeve and just go out. But this is when you talk to them, it's important to them to do this and to witness to the message of Christmas in the public square. So they're just an amazing group of people as an example. Um, so they use their gifts, their talents. They really do. Yeah, in a subtle way um, to put up this very public display of it's how they can contribute, right? Mm -hmm. So they may not go out and evangelize. like, But you have to imagine they tell the stories about going and doing this every year and why they do it. And that's part of evangelizing, oh, yeah. right? And they talk about, they get notes from people about how important it is. Because there's a, a sign at the scene that, and you can send a donation or write a letter and they'll get notes about how much it meant. They'll see people kneeling down. Oh. A couple years ago, they, yeah, they installed a kneeler around the edge because people were kneeling on the ground just to take time to pray. And they, almost to the one, they talk about um, how, you know, they're right next to the Chris Kindle market, which is like, you know, big shopping scene. And this is a, um, a reminder of what the season of Christmas is about. And they all talk about there's been marriage proposals there. These, uh, they're all, they know all the stories down pat. So it's, it's a really neat group of people. And the, the families come, you know, so then they always like, kind of make a day of it. And then the kids are asked to, at the end, they lay the hay in the oh. manger. And then there's a blessing. So they involve everybody. So is it also, uh, since it's been up for so long, is there a generational um, meaning that maybe some of the people, that the men and women that are helping now, it was their parents who were doing it years ago? Did you hear any of that? Yeah, that's absolutely what we were trying to focus on this oh, okay. time, um, which got derailed a little bit because of the, the news of the fundraising effort. But yeah, there's, there's um, sons who are in their 30s now coming out because their dads did it, and same thing with the daughters um because their dads were doing it and i think that's a neat thing too right because yeah. it's family and it's faith right right literally in the market square mm -hmm. so tell us other yeah. um another story about people that you see um, that you hear their stories of taking their gifts their talents um and going on mission and what that means and looks like because i think sometimes people think when we talk about going on mission that we we think we go and serve people and it could be 
or that we go stand on the street corner and talk about our faith. But we're talking a little bit more about how the parish sends you out to help people, um, you know, encounter Jesus through you. You know, that's a really good um, question. I'm brainstorming some of this now. But, you know, when I was on Thanksgiving, we went to Catholic Charities. Um, They do a, a Thanksgiving meal for people who um, are homeless or, or need the assistance. And one of the volunteers I spoke to talked to, she's been doing it for 10 years. And she talked about how she tries to live her life so that all of her actions reflect her love of God. Mm. And so that when people see her, that they'll see God, Mm. you know, and um, she doesn't work in the church. She volunteers at her parish and stuff. Mm -hmm. She's a sacristan or, or whatever, but I thought she really kind of embodied that idea that, um, you know, of what, of what we're called to do to live out our faith, you know, if that's, um, if that's, all. so I was t- mentioning like, um, one of the ways a parish I thought recently kind of embodies that was again around when I mean, Thanksgiving's on my mind, cause it just happened. But so we went, went down to St. Rita of Casha parish down in Gage park and they have a huge food pantry and they get lines around the block every every week for um people coming and it's run by the augustinians and i think sometimes religious orders have a better natural naturally able to do this a little bit better but most of the volunteers they had like 200 volunteers most of them were from remax which is a realty company they Mm -hmm. weren't from the parish they weren't from you know maybe a neighboring parish they were businesses or people through came through a business who we're encountering the church, right? So maybe oh, it's wow. kind of a, a different kind of uh, missionary discipleship where the they're able to kind of do it and they're encountering the church that way, you know, and maybe next yeah. time they'll be like, oh, that was such a neat parish and they were such so wonderful. Maybe I'll go there for church, you know? Yeah. Or, um, so I think it's kind of a different kind of angle. Or that. even that the coordinators, wow, they're so lovely. They included us. They let us belong. It wasn't just them serving, right? And that and maybe and that there's a invitation that um, for something more, right? Like a dinner or a service to yeah, that's a great that's a great example. That to engage the community, the neighborhood in helping the work of the church. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and you'll tell me if this one fits too. So I did a story recently about, it's called the fire foundation. You can tell me if this fits into the missionary disciple bucket, but where it's a foundation um, to raise money, to help provide Catholic education to kids with severe disabilities. We're talking like MS, cerebral palsy, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and the local chapter, it's a national organization and they just started affiliates and the local chapter was started by a mom who who has other children who are um, able-bodied and they had gone through Catholic education and really wanted to provide um, a Catholic education for her daughter who has cerebral palsy. I mean, she's wheelchair bound. Mm-hmm. And um, but and why she's trying to do it too, because she's committed to the vision of Catholic education and mm-hmm. everything that embodies, right? Mm-hmm. That it's for everybody and it teaches the whole person and the soul and the family. And she's her daughter goes to st james church or st james school in arlington heights and they have that same idea that um to be a catholic school is about you know evangelization it's to provide a good education to all people regardless of you know maybe their religion or their their abilities and such and 
to me, that kind of sounds like, you know, someone who's um, taking her gifts and her faith and, you know, helping other people out in the yeah. world and to provide education. Um, I think it was so cool because to me, it's like the epitome of what we're supposed to be as church, right? Right. Everybody's welcome. So one of the things that we talk about is the difference between discipleship and missionary disciple is, um, and just, you know, it's more complicated than this, but pretty simply, a disciple is someone who will make the sacrifices for God. So they'll they'll participate in the Bible study or they will, you know, do the volunteer work themselves. But the missionary disciple is one whose movement is outward and has a heart for the for God's people. And so they will make the sacrifices for God's people. So when you talk about her, she wants this for her daughter but she's going the extra step and wanting this for everyone's daughters and sons, right? And so that's the missionary disciple movement is, yes, I could figure out a way to get my daughter religious ed, but the missionary disciple has a mind for God's people and says, if this is a need I have, then this is also a need other parents must have, and let me figure out a way to make that happen. So yeah, that's a that's a beautiful example of a missionary disciple who has this sense of how do I go into the world and help someone else? That's beautiful. So we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Joyce, and we'll give her a few minutes to brainstorm some other uh, <laughs> some other stories Thank for you. us. Well, I'm on my way. I can't get there. As you think about year-end contributions, we at Catholic Charities thank you for considering a donation. 100% of every donation goes directly to our charitable work. Every donation allows us to continue to offer programs and services that affirm, strengthen, and empower those we serve as they work toward becoming self-sufficient. We are financially independent from the Archdiocese of Chicago, and we are proud of our Platinum Guide Star rating as a nonprofit. For more than 100 years, Catholic Charities has been helping homeless, hungry, and troubled neighbors in Cook and Lake counties. We would be honored to have your support in our 2021 year-end appeal. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate or call 312-948-6087. The number again is 312-948-6087. Thank you for being partners with us in the mission of Catholic Charities. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm only alive Because I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking, come back to life Well, I'm on my way I can't get there on 
Welcome back to On The Way. This is Beth White, your host this morning for our Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship podcast, radio show, YouTube channel, show, whatever, wherever you are watching or listening. And so we have with us Joyce Doriga, who is the editor of Chicago Catholic, and we were just having a conversation about missionary disciples and some um, and the whole sense of being on mission. So if you listen to the, our show on the way, the, the whole name comes from the fact that in the Bible you'll hear on the way to Jerusalem, on the way to Emmaus, on the way to where Jesus was always on the way, and that our faith is about a journey and being on the way, right? And so that's where the work of the missionary disciple works is on the way, in the marketplace, in the office, at the dinner table. It isn't just what happens at church on Sunday. It's the way in which like our lives work to impact the kingdom, right? So um, I'm going to shift gears slightly. You can think of a story, but I want to ask you, Joyce, you are uh, a gifted writer. You are a creative soul. So what is it that has sparked you to share your gifts in this way to help build the kingdom through storytelling? Um, through your gift of storytelling and writing. I'll try and say this without getting choked up. So It's okay to get choked up. Yeah. I always cry on these things. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, as long as I can remember that writing, besides reading, writing was always what I could do. I wasn't good at, you know, math. I wasn't good at science. I mean, this was, you know, I got involved in, newspapers early on um, in school. And so when I went to college, it was journalism was a no brainer. I love people. You know, um, that's kind of the um, mode of writing that, you know, I'm attracted to. So um, I went through this reversion. I was away from the church in college. I kind of thought this was the church was this big, bad, evil patriarchy designed to oppress women. And Ironically, John Paul II, I was working at Penn State and I worked in the bookstore and was going to school at Penn State and the bookstore and John Paul II's the, um, Crossing the Threshold of Hope was the bestseller and I used to always pass it and like, oh, disgust. Well, and meanwhile, it became like <laughs> the book that brought me back to the church, right? And so when I went through that reversion, um, I wanted to use my gifts, what I felt like was more directly for God. So. I left the newspaper, the daily newspaper I was working for, and then went to work for some a real small nonprofit based around the Marian apparition. And then I worked for Catholic Charities in Pittsburgh. And then I worked for the Diocese of Pittsburgh and then for um, our Sunday Visitor newspaper. And then I've been here for 14 years. And, you know, I, I could always, I always think about, well, should I go back to secular journalism? But there's something about um, that moves me that telling sharing the faith with people and sharing the good news with people. You know, I think that that's the whole mission of the Catholic press is to spread the good news of Christ. I mean, it's not all that. I mean, Renew My Church, it, Renew My Church does have its own element. Just You can edit that out. Um, <laughs> We're not but, editing anything. Go ahead. Yeah, but um, some things we cover sure don't really um, have that kind of whole impact, but um, we meet so many incredible people who are doing so many incredible things. Like I was, when I was, you were t- talking about stories, I was thinking about these ladies in um, Little Village who started this mom's group called Padre Angelus. And these ladies don't have a ton of money at all. They're small ladies, that, but they're a force to be reckoned with. 
one son was um, killed by gun violence mm. and another's her daughter was shot um, mm. by gun violence and they are they just live their faith and it's it's their relationship with god that drives them in everything that they do mm. they want to save all the kids on the street they want to save the moms they want to you know mm -hmm. and i mean that's who we get to talk to every day and yeah. um just like these folks down at the at daily pals it seems so simple but these are people who faithfully come out you know every year and um you know it's just such a gift I think everybody has a story. I think and everybody has a mission, right? I'm sure this is part of your job is to kind of help people understand that, yeah. that, you know, you yeah. hear, you, you hear a lot, the church should, the church should, but we're the church, right? We are. We can. Yep. And many times I think we as lay people can address the situation, a need better maybe than just because of our, that's our role than the clergy or, you know, who are there to build us up so we can go out and evangelize the world, right? Yeah. So. so that is one of the things that we talk about is that Renew My Church. Like when I get up in front of people, I will say, uh, Renew My Church, um, it's about redoing ourselves. We are the church. It isn't about the buildings. It's not. I mean, their buildings have a great meaning to us because they are memories and, and, and we are sacramental people. So the so the tangible, the, the tactile, the, the things of our lives really matter. But at the end of the day, it's the people in our lives that matter. So if our house burns down, yes, we're sad about the possessions, but we're just grateful that the people that we love are safe and sound, right? And so when we talk about renewal, we really are talking about renewing ourselves and how are we in relationship to God? How are we in relationship to God's people? Um, and so... That's the beauty of this whole Renew My Church thing. It's hard to wrap your mind around, but it isn't a thing that we're doing. It's our own journey and making sure that wherever we're at in our relationship, we're continuing to deepen it. And I do think that's that... What... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I was just going to say, that's the story. You and I have talked about this, but um, mm -hmm. and, and we can help you tell that too, is people talk about the personal relationship with Christ and mm -hmm. and that sounds foreign to Catholics. They may say yeah. I'm sitting in the back of the pew. I don't have a personal relationship with Christ, but they probably do, you know, if they're showing up at mass and what does that mean? And, um, you know, how they can deepen that relationship and live it more fully is something I can imagine is, um, part of your job. Yeah, no. And it's thinking about how you, um, how you use those gifts and that passion that you have and that well because we believe the gifts come to us from god right as people of faith and so how are we using those gifts to help build the kingdom how are we um helping to um last week we had a prayer uh service for uh folks the diocese it was an advent gathering with the cardinal and he was talking about um, this reality that we are called to help build the kingdom, that that's what our job is. And he was thanking all of us for like whatever years of service to really committing to that. And so when I thought of you for this show, because I thought about all the people that you see out there in the world, in parishes, in neighborhoods, who are really doing this work. And um, I, so anyway, I'm just, I'm really grateful for the way in which you tell those stories as well, because part of it's inspiring each other, right? Like, what could I do? Who am I? Yes. Right? I tell that to people a lot because they'll say, oh, no, no, I'm, I, I can't do that. This isn't about me. I'm like, no, it's not about you. I mean, you just happen to be the actor in the story, but it's about God. You know, right. this is about God working through you. And I said, people, I mean, I've been saying this for hundred years, people 
get inspired by seeing your story will inspire them because then they can go out and do it too, or do something that they're being called to. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Well, and that's the whole, when you said you have a relationship, you may not even know it, is that one of the things that is foundational to this whole evangelization thing is the need to be able to get people more freely talking about their faith, their own story, where God has been in their lives. And I have seen it happen over and over again, that when you get people together in a small space and they start talking about their own experiences with God and, and they're like, well, I don't know if people are going to receive this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had something similar happen. And they're like, what? Um, you know, and that whole sense of the Holy Spirit, how if you hear, like for me, if I hear somebody mention something three times, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to pay attention. You're on to me. You want me to pay attention to this, right? And so the only way you know that is when other people give their own witness and share, right? And so it's in your Chicago Catholic, that's what you're giving is witness for folks about the stories of what people are doing and how they're living that out. Thank you. And you know what? Um, a parish that's doing that right now, or I don't know if they're still doing it, but they started during the pandemic. St. Benedict the African in Inglewood. Oh, okay. They're calling them their baptismal stories. And he's, oh. the pastor has been having people on every week to telling their baptism story, how Jesus, you know, starting from their baptism, yeah. how their, what their faith was like growing up. And that's what's happening right there is they're being, well, and they're introduced to people that they see at church every week, but may not know. And then they're being touched and inspired and it's getting, it's starting to spread, yeah. you know, and then more people are telling their story. And it's, um, and the pastor there, that might be a good show for you, but the pastor there, that's, it's part of his idea for Renew My Church is to get the people sharing their stories. And um, so, yeah. Because in their story, you'll hear your own and then people get to know you a little bit better, right? And then they're like, hey, Absolutely. I had that happen, right? Well, because we don't really talk about our faith in the world, like this culture that we live in and having a space, a safe space to talk about our faith or that you're even recognizing as a reporter that what they're doing is from this place of faith, right? I remember I worked in communications, and you know that, and uh -huh. I did this story of a doctor, a Jewish doctor, and I actually did this whole article about his vocation as a physician because he uh -huh. served in a very um, challenging community, and he given his whole life to this. And I interviewed him and he called me and he was like, because I sent it to him and I was like, is it okay? And he goes, oh my gosh, I have never thought about my entire um, profession as my vocational call, but you're right. And he was in his 70s. And he said, I have never had someone ask me the questions you ask me and I never thought about it through my lens of faith. Um, and so that's the gift I think that you also give folks is to be able to see what they're doing through that lens. Has that been some of your experience? I hope so. You know, we don't, uh, you'd be surprised. We don't get a lot of, uh, a ton of, um, when we do something wrong or we miss. Yes, that's or true. We hear about it, but, um, I think so. I think that, um, but even just sitting with people and letting them share their story, do, do you see a yeah. sacred space? Yeah, I definitely do. And, you know, and you often, I mean, I, I, you often get moved to tears. They're getting moved to tears. You often, um, they say they don't normally talk about this stuff that, you know, that it does, it does help them. Um, but I hope people, let me plug, I know you, you probably got to go to switch to your gears, but I love that you're promoting us and you understand our mission. And that is our mission is to share the good news of the faith. It's working out with the people. 
So you, people can subscribe um, for $25 a year at chicagocatholic.com. All of our stories are online. So if you don't want to, you can't, don't have the means or whatever, but the money does support our ministry. You can also sign up for a newsletter. We send out three times a week and follow us on social media. Excellent. And they're great stories. And we have our own podcast now. Oh, I heard about this. So you have a podcast too, huh? And so what yeah, do you do? Do I'm, interview people and then also do the written story? Is that? Yeah, we're, it's called Beyond the Headlines. So we're doing, okay. taking stories that we've had in the paper and then just going kind of deeper in the meeting, introducing those people and getting them to tell their stories a little bit more. And do they find so, that through here, through Catholic Chicago or through Chicago Catholic? Uh, Catholic Chicago or ChicagoCatholic.com. I have it posted there too. Great. Not to confuse our listeners, but I know. our newspaper is called Chicago Catholic. And our radio show is called, our, our station, our YouTube channel is called Catholic Chicago. So either yeah. way, transpose the words, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. It's so a little confusing. It is confusing because when you go to interview you, I'm thinking to myself, is Chicago Catholic or Catholic Chicago? So, <laughs> Well, thank you for all the work you do. And yes, you can go to www.chicagocatholic.org. Is that right? Dot com. Uh, dot com. Dot com. And you yeah. can find all the resources there for the, the latest articles and how to subscribe and how to watch that podcast or listen to the podcast. So thank you so much, Joyce. Thanks, and have Beth. a happy Advent you. and a blessed Christmas. So thank you. You too, my friend. Keep storytelling. Thank you. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm only alive Because I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking Come back to life At Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7000.
312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit. From servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the Archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your host this morning for our Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship podcast, radio show, YouTube channel show, whatever your choice is to listen and watch us. And so we just spoke with Joyce Dariga, who is the editor of Chicago Catholic. And now we're going to talk with um, two people who work in a parish, Kate Lynch, who is the director of religious education, and Mark Newhangen, who is the director of evangelization and parish ministry, both at St. Teresa of Avila Parish in the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago. So welcome, you two. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thanks for... Being thank, here. Thank Hi. you. It's great to be here. 
So I just, um, we, the theme of our show today is going out on mission. Mission sends us out. And so we have been this last eight months talking about a culture of evangelization and sort of the, and parish focuses on these different aspects of a culture of evangelization. And this month we're talking about mission and going, sending folks out and that our parishes need to be known in the neighborhood, and the n- neighbors need to know us. And so we, uh, Jen, who can't be with us today, said, I know the parish that you need to talk to. So share with <laughs> share with us a little bit about your roles in the parish and then why that just really describes your parish and the culture. And I also want to say, as we begin this conversation, that your parish has been a part of Renew My Church for almost three years now, about a little over two and a half close to three years. And so you have been doing Alpha, you have an evangelization team. Obviously, Mark, you're our director of evangelization. You've been participating in companion ministry. So you guys have been doing all of the legwork to build up this culture. uh, And mission is a key component to your parish. So tell us a little bit about your roles and how you live that out. Kate, if you'd like to start. Um, sure. So St. Teresa of Avila is kind of a unique parish. We're not very big. We're in Lincoln Park. We're kind of a destination parish for a lot of people for a long time. Um, people come from far and wide. Um, and a lot of our prisoners are actually prisoners through invitation. Invitation. Um, Father Frank is has always been talking about, you know, yeah, come to mass, but then it's what you do after mass Hmm. that really is um, what we're looking for and, and for reaching out. And so we attract a lot of people, a lot of doers, people who want to um, live their faith and be beacons of light to others. Um, And we've been doing it for many years, but we've really been taking off ever since we um, hired Mark as the um, director of evangelization, he's he's taken us to a whole nother level. So Mark, why don't you explain what you've been doing? Yeah, um, so I am the director of evangelization and parish ministry is the most pretentious title. I don't, I think I've ever could have. <laughs> I, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be- It's not more pretentious to... than mine, Mark. <laughs> uh, we can have that we're going to have that fight off air. Um, but I, um, yeah, no, I do a lot of different things. I uh, see myself as fundamentally connecting the parish outward and also developing the gifts we already have in the community. So whether that's Alpha, so connecting to Chicago um, and having people have like an experience of God in, in, in rooted in their own conversations of um, through Alpha, whether that is... Um, you know, getting involved in the community, whether that's um, connecting with organizations outside the community, uh, in the community. So um, like we recently did something with Arise Chicago, a workers' rights, Catholic-based workers' rights organization, stuff like that. Um, but also developing the gifts we have in the community. So um, I see myself as kind of taking the pulse of, of the parish and say, you know what, we have a really strong, uh, we have a lot of people here who, 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 who are, who are teachers, right? And so mm-hmm. saying, you know, maybe I'll send them over to Kate with her our wonderful religious ed program. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have a really strong history of LGBT um, 
community here, right? So let's build that foundation we already have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or it, it's, it, I like I said, developing what we already have. Um, and I and it's an absolutely beautiful community. Everyone should come to our masses at 10 a.m. and 6 um, on Sundays. But um, I my job, see, my job I see is fundamentally connecting people who are here. And so I would not, I would be nothing without Kate and also the community of people that come how, um, on Sundays and every day. So tell me how you determine people's gifts and how then do you make those connections? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so, so one of my one of my tasks at the parish is meeting with new parishioners, right? Oh, excellent. So we have a wonderful, we have a wonderful, uh, so when they fill out the form, we have a form online, they fill it out. Um, I know this is a radio show. I'm, I'm mimicking filling out a form, um, but the, <laughs> we're also on YouTube. Um, so oh, we're also on YouTube. Sorry. Go. Uh, the, um, and so, and then those names come to me and I sit down with them um, at the local Starbucks. And I, and I, one of the questions I always ask them is, you know, if you had your perfect Catholic parish, what would it look like? Like, what would it have? And usually from that, you can kind of sense where their interests lie. Right. Mm. So like, sometimes they'll say, even, even the stuff that I can't do, like, they're like, Oh, like if a woman was the pastor. Right. Right. And I like, there's, that's way beyond me. Right. But that shows that there's an interest in, in women's leadership in that person's yeah. life. Right. Yeah. We have groups like that and, and stuff. So, yeah. um, or they'll say, you know, I really like lively liturgy. Right. And that mm-hmm. shows like what kind of where interests lie, um, for the parish. And mm. so, um, I don't know. I personally like, I, I just try to listen a mm-hmm. lot to, I ask questions and I just listen to where, what they talk about. Like, do they talk about, do they talk about like scripture, right? Then mm-hmm. then let's funnel you into the scripture group. Like, do they talk about deeper, they want a deeper spirituality? Well, we're running this Ignatian spiritual exercises in the spring, right? Let's get you connected with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate, I don't know if you have any thoughts about how you uh, connect um, the dots. Your entire job, Kate, your entire job is finding people who can help uh, walk our kids through uh, their relationship with Jesus. Muted. Class and Zoom. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, I can't express how much it's a whole community effort. So the kind of people that um, our parish attracts are people that really want to do something. So when we do ask, they're, they're just there for the asking. Um, maybe at first they'll volunteer for something and they won't even realize what they're they're um, committing to, but then once they do get involved in faith formation, um, they're very um, open, very um, willing, and very committed. And um, Father Frank is so good at um, coming up with um, ways to get people involved. We just started a new um, Care for God's Creation that really took off this year. trying to figure out how to, you know, lessen our footprint um, as a parish. And the whole parish is getting involved with that. Um, so it, it's, I think it's it's a lot of listening, a lot of invitation, a lot of talking one-on-one and um, creating an environment um, of empowerment. 
empowering the parishioners to to do what they're passionate about mm. um and trusting them you know trusting them to to take those leadership roles trusting them to um experiment um trusting them to follow the spirit the holy spirit um every time we we wonder are, are we going to have enough people to run this program it it it's just amazing as we ask the holy spirit to guide us that um you know you know what they say is another person's um greatest need is fulfilled by someone's greatest desire to fulfill that need and it, and it and it just happens over and over again one of the most interesting things about the renew my church thing is that we keep saying that you have to have engaged disciples. You have to have people mm. that are actively engaged in the life of your community in order to evangelize others. Because it's only those who see their parish as more than just a place they go worship once a week where they're actually engaged. It's like anything that we have ownership for, right? And what I'm hearing of both of you mm. is that there's an empowerment that an equipping that you do for your folks. You don't just... You don't just say, hey, all volunteers for this thing. You're actually listening to what their gifts are and trying to align it and then empowering them. Do you see that, that when you when you have folks who are engaged, that they're more likely to invite others? Oh, yes, definitely. I think, like, like if, if people have a great experience here, whether it's on Sunday, whether it's at the food pantry, whether it's in Alpha, whether it's they're going to say, Hey, you know, my friend, my friends, like, like, doesn't like, like the church they're going to, or is having a hard time. And, and, you know, but I feel really at home here. And yeah. I want that person to experience that feeling of home, that feeling of, of community. Um, and, and, um, and you, Beth, you hit it right on the head. It's about empowering people. Mm -hmm. It's about not being afraid to unleash the people power of your community, right? That okay, it's said not trust. our job. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, 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 and it takes a radical trust, yeah. right? Like, I think, like, I think especially, like, priests or especially, and even people in pastoral ministry roles, like, we want people to do things our way or the right way or mm -hmm. how we think will be best, right? And, like, the tighter we hold on, the more we suffocate people's potential for ministry. And, right. um, um, and the Holy and, Spirit. And, if, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. And the Holy Spirit. And I think we have to trust um, that if we let people unleash their the Spirit in their lives and in their ministries, that will attract other people um, mm -hmm. and attract and, and connect even farther yeah. um, and, and to people we don't even know yet. Exactly. So we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back and continue this conversation about being a parish that sends people on mission. Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, 
legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus, we have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. As you think about your end, I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continuing to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Welcome back to On The Way. This is Beth White, your host this morning for our radio show, podcast, YouTube channel show, wherever you're listening or watching us. Um, on the Way is uh, from the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And we are right now continuing our conversation with Mark and Kate, who are from St. Teresa of Avila in the Lincoln Park Parish of uh, or the Lincoln Park neighborhood, sorry, not a parish, Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago. Um, and so on my mind is that one of the things I was saying at the top of the show is that when we talk about mission, a culture of evangelization sends the folks out into the neighborhood, but the church community knows its neighbors and is known by its neighbors. So how would you tell our listeners um, the ways in which Teresa of Avila is known by your neighbors. What are you doing in your community to help? So that if your parish disappeared tomorrow, would it matter in your community? Because mm. that's the measuring stick, right? If We as yeah. Catholics, we need to be, it's not just for those who show up on Sunday. It's actually how are we impacting our community? Yeah. Um, I, you see, I think that there is, I feel like that's almost like I would never know. Right. Cause I think that like, I feel like St. Teresa affects people's lives mm. in ways that we don't, that we can't, can't say mm. um, because we just don't know. But I could tell you that we have a very strong food pantry. We have a very, um, we have a meal uh, for the houseless on Friday nights. Um, and I do know that if we, the houseless, we know, yeah. I mean, because we have a home here at St. Teresa. Interesting. Uh, okay. Or, I just never heard it that way. Okay. Yeah. I love um, that. But so if St. Teresa disappeared tomorrow, if they, if they decided to build even more luxury condominiums here, right, <laughs> uh, that, that they, um, then I think that there, there would be a, a service that would be lost um, mm-hmm. for, for those, for them, um, for, for our guests. Because um, they know, would lose their I, home. I, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, there's like Facebook groups, right? And I, I, Facebook isn't real life. Twitter isn't real life. We shouldn't say that it's real life, right? But there's numerous times where St. Teresa will, will post an event and 
once in a while someone will post a comment and say, you know, what? I, I had a really great time there that one time. Like, mm-hmm. I think everyone should check out St. Teresa, everyone. So I think like we have um, uh, touched people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I meet people in my ministry career who um, they're like, oh yeah, I grew up there. Right? And they're like some assistant director at a, at a, at a, at a university, Catholic university, or they're, they'll, they're super involved in their parish and say, oh yeah, I got my ministry start there. That place really, really lit my heart on fire for the, for God and for service. Right. Um, that's what you mean by we don't know because we don't know the children of the parish it, and where they are. It, yeah. Or, yeah. or even if, or even if, uh, someone has a great experience and they help change someone else's lives, like that's a, a degree of separation. Mm-hmm. But if we weren't here, that's, the, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. Kate, I don't know if you have any yeah, I was um, say, thoughts Kate, on, on your end. What are your thoughts? on? Oh that yeah. Thing? I have so many, um, stories of, um, kind of transient, parishioners, parishioners who've just moved into the neighborhood after graduating from college. Yeah. Um, people who just started families and they, they go off to, you know, um, other communities, um, to start, you know, maybe a, a longer career or longer, um, stay in the suburbs or wherever they go off to different cities and they still email me back and they'll say, you know, I want to start a program like we've had at St. Teresa, please, you know, send those resources so that we can do that. And um, I think that our pastor's constantly saying, don't get discouraged. We're, we're forming leaders at St. Teresa. And just like Mark said, we don't know where they're going, um, but that's okay. As long as we can have, um, you know, just a small impact on on those very dynamic people and then let them go. And, he, and he's always um, saying, you know, um, go to your next place, find your, find a parish where you're living. Don't, don't continue to wish you were back at St. Teresa, you know, that, that, um, this is good. Take your gifts and keep going. Mm. Um, That's you know, beautiful. we do things a little yeah. different at St. Teresa. And so we, we, um, attract people who, you know, kind of aren't doing the same things. You know, we have catechesis of the good shepherd, which is more, of a hands-on um, faith formation, um, not and it it's more like retreats rather than classrooms. Mm. So so it it's uh, um, it's already kind of an experimental laboratory parish to start with, um, and so we encourage people to take these experiences, uh, continue to observe the people that are in front of them and to make sure that they're um, listening to who they're dealing with and um, seeing, you know, what is working and um, not settle for the same old, same old. I think what's really interesting and it just struck me is that Teresa of Avila is one of those parishes that has a very transient, it's a people travel, but it's also you have people because of where you're located in the city you are lifting up leaders, equipping them only for them to move to the suburbs or move to Boston or California or wherever, right? And I've heard pastors lament that, like we invest so much in leaders and then they're gone in two years. But what you're saying is that your mentality is we're equipping them for the kingdom. 
So if we only have two years with them or three years with them, we're still going to pour into them because we know that they're going to be missionaries out there in the world. That's what I'm actually hearing you say. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of your experience of how you live it out? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes. We're building vocations. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, you know, I, we might not be sending uh, young men to Mundelein, right? But we, people are finding those their vocation here, in the uh, whether that's yeah. um, whether that's to, to teaching, whether that's the service, um, whether whether that is to a religious life. I, I think we had someone enter the Daughters of Charity a few years ago, mm-hmm. right? But outside of that, like um, we build their spiritual life, their service potential. Um, and they go to the quad cities, they go to Iowa, they go to California. I guess people are, are people moving to Iowa. I don't know. Uh, they're moving to Florida, right? Georgia, but, um, Georgia Nashville, or Atlanta, whoever, right? Nashville. <laughs> We're going to keep listing names for the rest of the show. But, um, I, um, and it's it's the greatest honor of Kate. Of, I'm not going to speak for Kate, but for, of my life that we're able to be a small part of their formation People's journeys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the and and that's the great contribution of your guys's roles is that I you know Mark to tell a quick tiny story because we only have a minute here but we Debbie is a parishioner there and she gave witness at a day away for our uh, building the new reality team and she said that you had invited her to do something and she's like no I don't think so but I know I met this person and she's pretty new to your parish and she said I think this would be the right person. And in that, she said, you said, huh, do you think you'd want to be a part of this evangelization team? Or And she said that you noticed in her that instinct. Um, and so to me, that was you guys are pas- parish leaders that are paying attention and you're listening. And uh, that's, that's, a great, that, that's a great gift. So thank you so much for that. Anything, Anytime. anything you want to, <laughs> anything you want to share with our listeners? We have like one minute about uh, how they can be more mission focused in their parishes. Oh, listening, just listen, just listen um, without judgment, and see where that listening takes you. Um, it might end up, you might end up creating a huge LGBT ministry. You might create a huge refugee ministry, a pro life ministry, right? But you, but you can't start that creation process unless you listen mm. to the resource not not people are not just resources but listen to the people that are in their in hearts and their hearts and, and, the, and the gifts that god has given them yeah. and you and work with them to use those gifts to build up the kingdom in your community wherever and then your you are. job is to figure out how to make that happen as pastoral leaders how to connect the dots right yeah, and I always, we're doing the best we can. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for spending this morning with us. And uh, we just, uh, Teresa of Avila in Lincoln Park, you can Google it and take a look at all the amazing ministry um, opportunities they have there and the ways in which they're serving the kingdom of God. So thank you both. And uh, happy, you. Merry thank Christmas you. to all of our l- listeners. And um, we hope you have a joyful new year and we'll see you in January. Thank you. Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago.
You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.